How is it going, guys? Welcome to the Serious Angler Podcast. For those that are new to the show, the Serious Angler Podcast is created to highlight the many dedicated and passionate anglers in our fishing community today. To be able to provide them with an opportunity and a platform to share their story with the world. Thank you guys for listening, and if you're not already, head over to my YouTube channel called Igbra Outdoors and click that subscribe button. Thank you guys for listening, and enjoy today's episode. In today's podcast, we host Mikey Balls Fishing, who many of you may know from social media, catching giant largemouth down south, whether in Florida or Lake Gunnersville. but we get into the different things about bass fishing today on this podcast. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Serious Angler Podcast. Uh, today with us we have Mikey Balls. Many of you may know him from YouTube and social media, um, as well as his line of merch, Real Fishing. Uh, which is all he pumps out is real and raw fishing content for uh, for all you viewers out there. Um, but before we start the podcast today, I kind of want to make a quick announcement that him and I are partnering to do a little giveaway to bring more recognition to what we're doing here at Serious Angler, as well as his channel, and just to give back to all you viewers out there. Um, so as you can see, I'm rocking his merch right now, The Real Fishing. So basically what you have to do to enter the giveaway is you got to subscribe to my channel, subscribe to Mikey's channel, and then like and comment uh, down below. Um, just so we know you guys have entered, and uh, this Friday, the 6th, uh, the, the giveaway will run from the moment this video is posted to the 6th, um, and if you do all of the above, what you'll do is be entered to win one of Mikey's real fishing shirts right here, like the one I'm wearing, just in black. You can win that. I also threw in these Mega Bass Magdraft Freestyles on an albino. Um, to kind of like go with that, I threw in these Mustad Size 2 KVD Elite uh, treble hooks. Um, they're perfect for like a line through technique, so I think that's what you, know, you can perfectly rig these rig these two up with. So I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. I hope you enter the giveaway. Uh, again, go down, a like and comment on this video, subscribe to my channel, subscribe to Mikey Balls. Um, as well as if you want more opportunities to enter in the giveaway, head on over to our Instagram um, and you can have more entry opportunities there. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, uh, folks watching, welcome back to another episode of Serious Angler. Today uh, with us we have Mikey Balls, as many of you guys have probably have seen him on YouTube and social media for his pretty crazy uh, videos, and I'm sure everybody knows the uh, 49 pound bag video you got there. <laughs> My claim to fame. <laughs> yep. yep. We have Florida Angler now moving up a little bit more north. Uh, the way I get started with all these is, you know, asking you what got you into fishing. So I'd love to hear that story of, you know, how you found yourself getting into bass fishing and whatnot. You know, I got a little story that's a, a little bit different than, than most people. So when I was younger, I used to do a lot of snowboarding and a lot of wakeboarding. And I lived up in Wisconsin. And basically, we would go out to the lake and we'd go wakeboarding, dude. And we'd go, like, in spring. I would have a wetsuit. The water's, like, freaking 55, 60 degrees. And we go wakeboarding because nobody was out there. And there was one day, my old man didn't fish, but my best friend was a huge outdoorsman, much better hunter than, well, not much better, but hunted a lot more than he fished. <laughs> and we got out there one afternoon, man, and we ended up just like fishing for some reason. And dude, we had friggin' like four inch power bait worms, like old school, dude, and some split shot. And we went friggin' casting through this stretch about a foot and a half deep water. And we probably caught. We probably caught 35, 40 fish, which now, you know, now looking back, I mean, it, it's a fun day and a cool day, but it wasn't like crazy or anything, but it, it's all relative based on what you're used to. And for me, that was just like, oh my God, this is so freaking awesome. We figured out this, 
this pre-worm or pre-rig worm rig, like all every aspect of fishing happened that night. We freaking slayed them, we caught them, we figured them out, and we figured out like a cool bait rig that people weren't using. And dude, from that day on, we had this like 18, I think it was a 17 and a half, 18 foot recreational boat. And dude, it was rigged out to like to wakeboard, man. We had a pylon in the middle. I'd fill up uh, gas cans with water. This is before the old wake boats. Like this is like 20 years ago, dude. We fill up gas cans with water, put them in the back of the boat to make like three and a half, four foot wakes, you know? And so I would take this boat out, dude, with these like all this wakeboard set up and we would go and fish. No trolling motor, no nothing, dude. And we would go out there and we would fish our minds out. And it, it all started there. And I've, you know, I've been back and forth with fishing. I stopped fishing for a few years, went to college, you know, had a good time in that. And then randomly kind of drifted back into fishing. I got really big. So I'm a little bit older, dude. I'm like, I'm at that transition kind of millennial point. And I've always been interested in technology because it opens up like access like like what you're doing right now dude if you tried doing this 20 years ago it cost you like four grand dude like you'd have to buy all this software all this equipment all this stuff and it, and it was hard to do and so all these like I, I hate to call them this but all these like elite people could do it either you had money or you had like all these stupid sponsors and all this stuff and it was a very small crowd that could access all this this content and media and cameras and then, like, I started playing around with fishing again when I got into college in, in 08, 09 at University of Florida. And at that point, we we're using mini DV cameras. I don't know if you've ever played around with that. It's with, like, FireWire, but, like, the mini cassette cameras. And so, like, dude, I started recording my fishing trips as a fishing log. Like, I was sick of writing stuff down. I'd always written down, like, little, like, Microsoft Word files, like, what the water temp was, what the weather was, what, you know, what baits you and dude, I hated it. Like, <laughs> you come home after being on the water for like eight hours and you're sitting there tapping away. And I'm like, this is stupid, dude. So I brought the camera one day and um, I caught like a six and a half, seven pounder flipping what we have down in Florida called Cassini grass. And it was so crazy because I went back and I looked at the footage. It was one of the first times I'd ever been out there with the camera. And dude, I thought. I had caught that fish after I flipped in to the edge, like the outside edge of this, this grass, and, and I lifted and she was there. Well, dude, lo and behold, I went back and looked at the footage, and dude, I had flipped to the back edge of the grass, I would pumped the bait three times, and then I would let it sit, and then all of a sudden the rod loaded up. And I'm like, wow, dude, like I totally misremembered exactly what happened, how it all went down. And at that point, I'm like, there's so much information packed into to what I just captured in a, in a 300 meg file that like, if I do this all the time, like I can have all that information at my fingertips at any time, like next spring, when I do try to like want to do the same stuff, I'll go back and I'll look at this and I'll be like, Hey, you know, that's a strategy that I need to use. And from there between like loving the fishing, the baits, like all the technical stuff and then integrating the technology and the learning, Dude, I, I was hooked like a crackhead, man. Like straight <laughs> up. Like I, I was all about it. And I, I bet you I can count on my two hands the numbers of times that I've gone out fishing without a camera in the boat. Like it, it hadn't been many since then. Jeez. So is that, you'd say what kicked off your, your YouTube channel? Is that what started it for you? Oh, there's no doubt, dude. Um, I started fishing. There's a small lake up um, in north central Florida where University of Florida is located. And I just happened to be up there when it was good. Now, when I say good, 
I don't mean good like you're catching 20, 30 fish a day. I mean good like you might get three or four bites in a six to eight hour period, but one of them could be freaking nine pounds. And we could go out there and you with your University of Florida um, ID card, you could rent a boat. So they would rent me a boat. And, dude, I wish I had pictures. So back in the day, <laughs> I used to chain a trolling motor to the back of my 49cc scooter. I put a 12-volt battery at my feet, and I'd strap like six or seven rods onto the back of the scooter. And then I'd have my tripod and my camera bag and a tackle bag, dude. <laughs> And then I go rent the John boat, put all this garbage on the John boat, and then go fish for like three, four hours, dude. And it, so the funny story about it is, and I wish, like, it's so funny because nowadays, like, people would capture this. It'd be like, police stop me fishing, you know? Well, yeah. dude, the cops used to stop me fishing all the time. I'd be going down this road, and they'd pull me over on my scooter, dude, because they thought <laughs> I'd rob somebody and stole all this fishing gear, and I'm trying to, like, jet out of town, you know? It's coming from somebody's garage. <laughs> exactly dude. like it happened more than once and like these guys they were they, i mean they were real nice and that but it was totally like yeah i thought your light was out and it's like no you didn't dude. You <laughs> i freaking jacked all this stuff you know so <laughs> it, it was just um it was a cool place to be too because one of the first 30 pound bags i ever caught was out there the fishing was tough it took a lot of work but the reward that's where i caught my first 10 plus pound bass Granted, not on a scale, but I guarantee you she was 10. I caught some nine-pounders, some sevens, a lot of flipping and pitching. Um, just just a fun fishery, but a challenging fishery. And the footage and content I got, dude, it was it, – it, I was addicted. It was awesome. So it's – yeah, that's, that sounds like a dream area, especially when you're at college. Like for me up in, up in New York, uh, granted, I had Cayuga and Oneida that were within 45 minutes, but I had I didn't have like – the access of like a small boat or something like that you know that kayak type of thing so i had to go from shore um but also most of the time when i'm at school in new york everything's iced over and it's yeah almost 32 degrees it's it's nuts but um so like that starting out like your youtube channel that's like that's your drive how did you know you wanted to become more of an informative type of like an informative yet entertaining uh type of you know you know putting out that kind of media on your youtube well, you know what, dude, one thing that I will be 100% honest with is this process that I went through with creating videos and stuff was really, and it sounds terrible, but it was really always about me. I wanted to learn, and really I was capturing this content for me to learn for myself. And, and then I recognized the fact that, you know, back in the day when I was a kid, this is like very early internet. Like we, we didn't have access. Like, dude, you go up to some like old man in a tournament or something and it'd be like, Hey, how'd you catch a fish? Or can you give me some pointers on that? Dude, you get the cold shoulder and, and it's very much, I know it happens all over, but this is in Wisconsin. And I think it's a Northern thing, man. People are real close or they were like super close mouthed about stuff up there. And I hated that, dude. I don't, I don't right. think you need to give up your juice or nothing like that, but a kid trying to learn dude, throw him a bone. Like give, give them like that, that line to climb up and learn and put the work in. You don't got to give them everything, but like tease them or something. And that, dude, it pissed me off. Like, I'm not going to lie. And that has to do with that whole elite thing. You know, like mm -hmm. only certain people have access to cameras. Only certain, dude, no, I'm not playing that game. So really like what I started recognizing after I started it as a fishing journal, I'm like, dude, you know, like. I can put this stuff on the web and anyone willing to put in the work to actually go and search it out and find it can access it, take whatever they want from it and move forward and learn. And like, and that's what I wanted to do. So if I do it, somebody else might do it. Like what you're doing right now, you know, with Egbert fishing and that dude, like 
I can go and look at what you're doing in your area, draw things from it. If I ever go fish up there, I can learn, apply those things up there, or I can take those things and apply them where I'm actually fishing. And that was really the, the catalyst and the driver. It's like I wanted to learn, and I thought the best way to learn is you put your work in, and then you share it, and then you get back whatever you put in. You know, that, that was kind of the process. So, and that's, I don't know, dude, like I, I, it developed into, I enjoyed the editing and stuff like that. Cause you like, I was big into snowboarding, like I mentioned. So I don't know how much you're into like snowboarding, skate videos and stuff, but like, dude, the intense skate video, like when we used to get like a VHS, you know, old school of like killer, like dude, like 40 foot tabletop, you know, insane, like rodeo, like dude, awesome stuff. Like there was that cool portion where you have the learning part of fishing, but then you have this action packed, like throw a killer soundtrack behind it. And dude, freaking just like, like it, yep. it was everything <laughs> you wanted dude, to get fired up, you know? Yeah. yeah, I know for sure. And like going back on that up here, like you're entirely correct. It's very, very closed mouth. Unless you're, unless you get close with somebody, then they'll kind of key in on some things. Right. For the most part, like, you know, areas, techniques, how you throw things along those lines, it's very, very closed mouth. Um, a lot of what I learned um, and my skill set to this day has literally been watching YouTube and just putting my time in on the water. Um, and I think you can relate a lot to that because you, a lot of what you know is, you know, getting time on the water and experimenting and throwing stuff, getting out of your comfort zone. Um, and it's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree. Uh, disagree with what you said I, I do agree that you know getting into a youtube channel or something that you enjoy it's got to be about you first because if you don't enjoy it then what what's the point of doing it um i think well, a lot it's way of, too much damn work dude exactly <laughs> yeah. it is it's a lot of work especially if you want to have a successful one um and it's i think what's kind of weird with youtube right now is you see a lot of these guys that are that have big youtube channels but i think what separates them from the guys who enjoy it the ones who enjoy it, I think, are ones that have a little bit of a less following, but you see the passion there, and you see there's actually a skill set, and then there's the guys that are up on the top that are kind of just doing wacky things for the views, and the people that are doing it for themselves are the ones you see it having more raw, emotional footage of them actually enjoying themselves rather than, hey, what weird thing can I do today to draw attention? Um, and that's I, I agree with that to an extent, man. But at the same time, there's one thing that I will never argue with anybody about, and that's being creative and being successful. You know, there might be these quirky videos that are going down and they're drawing a bunch of views. But when you actually step back and look at that content and you look at the some of it is repeat content, you know, I'll be the first to say. But like when you look at the creativity to continually produce that kind of content. And when I say continually, I mean, these guys are kicking out three videos a week, four videos a week, like. That is not easy, dude. It might seem easy, but that, that means they're doing it right. Because if, if it's flowing and coming out that way, there's definitely – what's interesting, though – so here's the funny part, dude. When I look back at when I started on YouTube, it, like, 09, I think. Like, literally, dude, when I actually first put up videos, it was Google Video. This is before <laughs> Google bought YouTube. Like, th there was, like, 30 of us, dude. Like, John B. was one of them, but there was probably, like, 30 people – like who were actually kind of like a little bit bigger doing these YouTube videos. But like with anything, like as, as something grows, you get sort of generalization or you get specialization. So you get different sort of like interests and different subcategories and subsections. And that, and that's bound to happen, man. Like, I mean, I'd love to have more views. I definitely made some mistakes if I wanted to really blow my YouTube up, like 
in 2012, 2013. There's some things that I wasn't willing to do, some things I didn't pick up on that, that guys like the Guggen Squad, um, uh, who are some of the other guys? I mean, just like a lot of the big names, like they picked up on and they and they learned and and they manipulated and took advantage of. And I got no problem with that, dude. Like, hey, they, I actually know Flair, dude. He's he's super cool, man. He, he's good people. He's a good businessman. He's a great angler, dude. But like, it, there's definitely different genres out there now. But but they all have different values, you know. Like, I think if someone's coming to YouTube and they want to learn about fishing, there are guys like us who are like super passionate about it who are into the learning and want to do that. If you want to have some fun and watch some quirky, crazy, like let's try to break a rod video, you know, those that's out there too. And that's the beauty of the web, dude. Like there's no bias and there's a whole bunch of porn, but like, you know, it's just, it is what it is, dude. Like it yep. sort of organically and dynamically evolves, dude. Not, and I like that, you know, it makes it open for everybody. Yeah. You can like, you can pick and choose, you know, if you're looking for a good laugh or you're, you're looking to, you know, you're looking to study, you're looking to learn, you're looking to, you know, take something out of the video. Um, I think, yeah, you hit it nail on the head there. And that's thing, I think that's one thing I fail to um, really perceive when I go into, you know, YouTube or any really social media for that matter. Um, a lot of times I'll look at something and be like, oh, I don't see why you'd post that. But I think I, sometimes I get too, like, tunnel vision of why would I think I would post that and not, you know, why does it make sense for that person? What kind of content do they make? Um, a lot of it just putting yourself in other people's shoes. And that's, you made a great point there is, you know, certain people post certain media for, for different things. One, some, maybe somebody enjoys doing that. Maybe that's why they like to do it. Um, that's kind of, a, that's cool. You put a new perspective, uh, in my toolkit for that. So I appreciate you saying that actually. Yeah. You got to keep it up. Brass tax though. I will be honest with you. I do. I don't want to get like super duper, like pissy with it because i don't like to complain i like to act and do but youtube from my perspective definitely has certain biases and and i, I guess i'll use a strong word discriminations like they they definitely do they de let's let's put it this way they don't support fishing videos you know um you can do the best seo search engine optimization you can do the best titling even like really great thumbnail work and if it is like a, a pure fishing video, you are not going to be favored by the algorithms. And it sounds all like alchemy and stuff like that, but I've seen it in action. So that is one thing that's disappointing, but it's also, it's like anything else. It's like fishing, having a bad day at fishing. It's a challenge. How do you get around it, dude? Yep. Like, how do you, how do you re, you, you don't want to sell out, you know, like depending on the content you want to produce, but how do you work what you want to, um, translate what you want to produce what you want to create into something that that reaches out to a, a more mass audience so it, it's a challenge for the, the creator there are some biases though that, that youtube does present which which are frustrating but dude if you're doing it because you love it that's what it's all about right yeah yeah for sure and you, you see that in more things than just you know fishing and stuff i mean i know one that's more like um because I come from a country back, uh, background, so I'm always hunting, and you know I've, I've shot guns. Throwing yeah, guns. good luck with that on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I see these awesome accounts like the hunting public; they get demonetized for stuff just because yep. it's pure hunting. Like Lunkers TV and Lake Fork Guy, their hunting videos. Those those are awesome. I love those because it gives you like a cool, like a better outlook and like hunting and all this awesome B-roll of yep. animals, and then. You got like Blunkers TV's military videos, and those are getting demonetized. Like, that's just like, I get if it's kind of grueling and kind of, you know, maybe it's really negative portrayal, but like, these are guys telling stories, and these are guys showing, you know, 
their everyday, you know, what their passions are. I don't understand the whole demonetization of certain stuff like that. Well, um, and that's one thing that I don't like because, I, like I mentioned from the start, like I'm a little older and I'm kind of old school. So yeah. my initial romance with the internet is this is this uncensored, like organic, dynamic environment. Like, dude, I, I'm not a pro fisherman at all. Like, and it even I even laugh at that term. Like, I think it's kind of stupid. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like it's like I'm not, dude. Like, I can go get some fish and I have some fun doing it. But what happens is, is like I'm really passionate about learning, capturing the content, going through the process, and like grinding through and. The internet, like the web, YouTube, like initially, it really created an even playing field for people like us to access like a larger audience and get a word out there. And if that word was something that people were receptive to, or if that is something they were looking to listen to, like it, it could get received. Now it's it's much harder to get through those filters because of what you're talking about. And for lack of a better word, dude, it is censorship. Now, granted, a lot of the videos, they don't pull them off. But demonetization, and this is something that I had a problem with initially because I was a puristic kind of like way too puristic person and I never put ads on my videos initially because I didn't want viewers to have to go through the process of seeing ads, having that drag away from the video, like blah, blah, blah. I'm not here to waste your time. I'm here to put the information that I've learned online, move forward and go from there. However, because YouTube is, is a private you know, entity, they're looking to make money. So they're going to favor videos that have ads. So all these videos that I used to put up that weren't ad revenue, um, you know, executed, YouTube's like, dude, we got no, like, there's no reason, unless yeah. somebody goes out and looks for your content, I have no reason to show people this. And, th and that's one thing where there is a sort of indirect censorship that's, that's a little bit frustrating because they're always looking for that. And that's what translates to that clickability and that viral video aspect is that they are going to favor things that are clickbaity or things that, that do these crazy, quirky things because that's what's going to get views initially, a mass amount of views, whether it's actually like good, viable fishing content doesn't really matter because it's executing on that, that ad revenue aspect, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. It's a lot of, you see, I mean, anywhere, um, even what I'm doing up here in South Bend, a lot of, uh, it won't not necessarily um, Notre Dame where I'm working specifically, but a lot of places are making so much money off of just simple advertisement. Um, it might not even be things that have anything to do with that aligns with their business plan. It might just be somebody goes, hey, I'll give you this amount of money to show this for uh, show this in your certain part of your building or show this for 30 seconds in like a commercial or something like that. I mean, add, add money and making, you know, that expense is just blown up this day and age. Um, so it's kind of, it's, it's good for people yeah, like is, us though. I mean, it, it really is. It's just the, the one thing that, that I always worry about though is the, and, and I don't have a problem with this because I believe in self-reliance, you know, like you take care of your own bleep. I don't know what I'm allowed to actually say on this podcast, but if I were to say, you know, like take care of your own bleep, you know, like <laughs> it's your responsibility. So I, I feel that's the same responsibility you have as a, as a viewer or a content um, watcher. Like, dude, be critical. And, and I don't know how many of my videos you've actually watched, but like that's something I put out there all the time. I've talked about issues on Lake Okeechobee with spraying grass. Um, talk about situations with interacting with anglers and I've not put up half of the things that I have when I've had like quote unquote fishing fights. But like the thing is, is the onus is on the viewer, dude, to, to be critical of what they're seeing, what, what's happening, what's being kind of soft sold to them. Like it, it really, 
we need a critical audience in order for for that organic sort of function of the internet to actually be successful, you know? But at the same time, it does work though too, because dude, look at all these pro anglers and look at like even like Berkeley three, four years ago and just in general, like pro fishing, bro, you know, like dude, all these guys, it's like, hey, go throw this freaking worm. That doesn't work anymore, bro. Like, <laughs> like you will get laughed at your comments will be trolled to death. And that's the way it should be, man. Because like, yeah. like that crap's been happening. Dude. Like I was, I was like in high school, uh, late high school in the nineties, like at the end of the nineties. And dude, all, all these jerkers had to do was put a stupid like patch on their shirt and, and then like go on a butt, not even catching that fish or nothing like that. And be like, you know, if you throw this worm like this, you'll catch bass. And it's like, no, you won't dude. Like, like, no, you won't. Like, this is such a joke, man. Like, be real about it. Or the bait swapping crap that used to happen. Like, dude, forget about it. Yeah, it's it's more of just, you know, telling the viewers what they want to hear, not what they should or need to hear. Um, or force-feeding them, dude. It, like, exactly. it's false credibility, too. You know, there's so much. Like, granted, these guys, like, who fish, like, pro tours and that, like, dude, they, they work their bottoms off dude like they, they seriously throw down and it's not an easy part especially these days dude but like at the same time you don't you don't buy your way to credibility in my opinion that's what i think at least you gotta work your way there dude and it, and it's a time-oriented process yeah i mean you you put out honesty you you're receptive to honest feedback coming back and you you make a more pure uh you know channel of you know information it's it's more of, you know, like you do yourself. You, you're very honest with your views. You're very honest in how you fish and how you caught them, where you caught them, et cetera. And you, you're, like you just mentioned, you were very receptive to getting information back, about critical information about what you post. Um, and with that flowing and the, all that honest information and that pure information, that just makes more for, you know, a more positive environment and more that's like exactly what you're going for, for people to learn. Um, and that's what's it's awesome. It's a growth environment. It might not always be positive, but it's definitely like a growth environment. You know what I mean? And that's, I don't know. That, that's what I think this stuff is about, dude. Because I want to learn more. I want to catch more fish. I want to catch bigger fish. I want to learn about where I'm at. I want to learn about where you're at. Like, that's what it's about, dude. Yeah. And it, maybe I didn't really mean positive in the sense of like, you know, happy go lucky kind of thing. More right. of like, uh, you know, constructive criticism. Exactly. Um, yeah. That's a perfect, exactly. like a constructive environment. That's yeah. a perfect, and that's way. and that's beneficial to a lot of people. That's how people learn. Uh, at least a certain type of people learn that way. Um, I think a lot of people yeah. learn that way, dude. There's like what, like three billion people on freaking YouTube, <laughs> or I don't even know. Yeah. Like, I mean, like that's just. I mean, that's the process, dude. If you want to learn something, you go on YouTube and you put how in front of it. You know. Yeah. And before we get into more like fishing oriented questions, I, I gotta ask, what is the history of uh, of bog? I, I gotta know. I love I love dogs. Wait a second, you mean this? Guy. Come here, bog. Come on, say what's up. You gotta get on the phone. Come on, get up. We'll have him sit in there. Not break my back here. Oh, so there so he is. <laughs> so bog. I used to have a red nose pit, dude, and it was the first dog I ever kind of had on my own. And I love that dog to death. He was the most loyal, the best dog that I've ever had. A little bit meaner than Bald, but like a good dog. And I used to take him fishing. Actually, I'm going to throw a plug in for one of my videos real quick. One of my personal favorite videos that I've ever made is I spent three days on Lake Kissimmee and I shot a video called Madden. It's 45 minutes or 50 minutes long. 
it took me six months to edit and three and a half days to shoot. And it was like vlog before vlog was a vlog kind of deal. And that my dog's in that one, my old dog, but bog here. So basically my old dog got pretty sick, pretty blind and started dying. And I knew that if he died and I didn't have another dog around, um, I'm not super emotional, but I, I get a little emotional. I knew I would be able to, to really make it through that transition process very well. So, yeah. and I also wanted any dog that I got after him to, to be, to know he was there and maybe learn a little bit from him. Yeah. So I actually went to the rescue a couple times when I lived down in Southwest Florida and um, didn't find anything. And one day me and the girl were sitting at the, the pool on a weekend, dude, at like the public pool going swimming. And I happened to buy a newspaper and was reading through it. And they had an, an ad for the animal shelter on there. And Bog's picture was in the freaking paper. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a cool looking dog right there. So um, we went down and they had him half off. So he was only $50. We went down there and I'm like, what do you think, girl? And she's like, I like him. Bog was like, I'll actually send you, maybe you can put it in the video, a picture of Bog in jail. It was hilarious, dude. He's like all puppy dogged out and all that. Like, oh, take me. But Bog was super duper nice. He was very receptive. He was somewhat command oriented. Like he was definitely, you could pick up the fact that he was trainable. Um, so, like those things were all important to me. And um, I we actually waited because I'm, I don't like making like knee jerk decisions on stuff. So I'm like, dude, if I got to pay $100 for this dog and I come back on Monday, that's fine. So I took a breath, went through Sunday, thought about it, and um, we decided to pull the trigger on Bob. And when I first got <laughs> sleep, him, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a big meatball. My other dog was a little more active and a little more aggressive. He's a big meatball, dude. But um, the funny part is when I first got Bob, when we literally picked him up, dude, I put him in the truck. And he was scared out of his wits going for a truck ride. When I first put him on the boat, he was freaked the hell out, dude, to get on the boat. And within probably three weeks, dude, all he wanted to do was go on truck rides and go on the boat and go fishing. He had no idea what he was getting into, but he absolutely loved it, dude. And it's it almost was like something that he, like, trained to do. And even when I first started catching fish with him, he had zero interest. But then... It was cool because he recognized my interest in catching fish. You want to go down? Oh, you want to go down? All right, say bye, Bob. Bye-bye. <laughs> but um, he recognized my interest in catching fish. And then whenever, like, I'd look like I was setting up for a bite or, like, whenever he'd hear the splash outside the boat, he's like, bro, bro, you're, you're interested? I'm interested. Like, I'm fired up. Let's do this. And I'm like, dude, you're the dog for me. So um, whenever it's halfway cool out or, like, you know, when he can manage, he gets really warm in the summer because he is kind of a blue pit. So he's like got yep. that charcoal gray. Um, he gets super hot, super quick. But as long as it's like 73, 75 and less, he's out on the boat with me and he's going to come out. And he will howl and scream when I leave if I don't take him. So he, he gets real. <laughs> he's a funny dog. But he's a, he's a good dog. He's a little different than my dog, but everything's different. You know, like you can never yeah. have the same dog, even though I would have cloned my other dog. But um. He's super good. Doesn't jump out of the boat. He fell out of the boat, though. But, um, yeah, that was an interesting video. <laughs> yeah, that was getting poked every now and then. A life jacket for this spring, dude. <laughs> that was funny. It's funny you say that he noticed the interest because that's one thing. Um, I'll be watching your video with whoever's in the room with me, and uh, I'll notice like when you're, especially when you're flipping, you have like more of a, a hook set rather than a lean to kind of hook set. Uh, um, when you go to step back. 
I could see, you see, literally see him perk up like he, he oh, notices dude, he's when he's fired he, up, man. <laughs> yeah, he knows. Or like, dude, like seriously, if he see if he like hears like the rod, you know how the rod makes that little creak or whatever, dude. He hears yeah. that, he'll be under the console like sleeping, dude. He is on my like heel in two seconds, man. It, he, <laughs> it's awesome. funny. That's awesome. I used to have them. So here's a funny story. So like I shot all those videos about like Guggins back when I was fishing those deep lake, you know, deep water lakes in South Florida. And um, he was, he does it a little bit still, but he kind of chilled out on it. He would bark at boats when they got in with like within a hundred yards. It was great. He'd lose it, dude. He'd get up on the deck. He'd be like, what you doing? Whoa, 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 whoa. And I'm like, dude, you are awesome. <laughs> Keep it up, dude. But uh, he's, he's chilled out with that. Always missing is a rod in his hand. You perfect uh, partner for you. So speaking of like clickbait videos, I think like PETA would probably like sue me or kill me. But I was thought of, <laughs> I thought about getting like like a bog strap like around his waist and just putting like a plastic worm that like drags out behind the boat <laughs> and like having him you know hook it. Like he'll run and then it'll pull him back. And but oh, I'm probably getting more crazy. trouble than it's worth for doing that. <laughs> Because then he'd want to, like, lick the fish. But, you know what I mean? He'd be, like, trying to run back to lick the fish. He would, like, run away because he's – I don't know. It's, I'll have to figure out the logistics on that, dude. That's funny. That would, <laughs> it's definitely something to think about. It's definitely a hilarious idea. I feel like a lot of people would be looking at that, for sure. It's just cool because, honestly, dude, like, I, I, I'm kind of a loner, dude. I fish alone. I don't know how you are. But it, I always look at it as, like, my personal time. Like, it's – it. It, it helps me to shoot the videos better, which I'm really focused on, but I need, I, I'm a, well, I almost swore. <laughs> I'm, I'm a tweaker, like, kind yeah. of a tweaker, dude. Like, I, I'm somebody who really, like, I'm always running at a thousand miles an hour, even though it might seem like I'm super freaking chill, like, my brain's always running, and it's nice, because I go fish alone, and it's quiet, but it's always nice to have him with me. Mm -hmm. um, just kind of, like, evens the tone, especially if you're having a bad day of fishing, but I can tell he enjoys it. There's not much upkeep. It's not like having a kid or a wife or any of that garbage in the boat. But not garbage, but I, you know what I mean. Like yeah, it's all yeah. my personal time, but I can share it with him and hang out, and it's it's nice, dude. We have a good time. So yeah, you're alone, but you're not. Exactly, yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I piss on somebody, dude, if they tried pulling something. So it, it's all good, you know. A little equal. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't have a gun in the boat all the time. So yeah, I'm I'm the same. I, while I love like linking up every now and then to fish with some people i i love my alone time to get in the quiet like there's nothing nothing beats like a, an early morning fog in the water just oh, you it doesn't it doesn't get better than that speak of my language and we all appreciate it but we all kind of just want our own little piece of it you know what i mean yeah. like, that's yeah. kind of the deal yeah and kind of get on the topic of fishing with people um i've noticed in that not too many of your videos but recently you're fishing with jt kenny and that looked like an absolute blast you two just just make JT, it up. You're going to get me to swear on here. I'm really trying to get it. JT is the. the it's not a big, you're fine. <laughs> well, J, all right, so we're going to say JT is the shit, dude. Like, yeah. flat out the shit. Um, I actually have shot a lot of his videos and stuff. I met JT many years ago, and, and I always tried to. I don't like being too. Like, I put the. It's sort of ironic. I put the YouTube videos out, but I don't like highlighting myself and stuff like that. I just kind of want to do my thing and do my thing you know so i never like really talked about like doing his videos or i didn't try to get into his videos i don't want to like hedge off that but I, now these days i'm like dude i don't really care like you know i shoot the videos jt is super chill he's like bro like get in the video and i'm like no 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 and he's like dude, get in the video and like 
JT is a super cool. And what's really great about JT, and this is even something that happened before he went to NLF with his commentator stuff. JT is a teacher. He'll bust your balls. He'll talk smack. He'll be funny. But he is one of the greatest, most patient teachers. Every time I'd be filming him, dude, one, actually one of the biggest reasons I live where I live is because we used to film once a year up on Gunnersville, Pickwick, um, just around on the TVA on some of the ledge lakes to get some different kind of content than the Florida content that we'd always put out. And um, dude, every moment of those trips and every trip that we even like shot in Florida and that, he would literally, dude, like we, we'd catch some fish or we'd shoot some video and he would definitely, he would take like, three minutes to be like, Hey man, you know, this is kind of what I saw, you know, and he'd frame up the way he saw something like, I, you know, when it went through the mat, I had to pump it three times. Or did you see that? You know, like those fish kind of moved up on that ledge and started suspending even after we caught them on a crankbait and just, or, Hey, look at this graph. He taught me a lot about the graph. These white dots right here, they, these are probably bass. Those guys right there, those are probably catfish. And JT's a teacher, dude. Like he'll, he'll kind of play like the man thing and all that, but he he's good people, a teacher, and just just a great person. I'm so fortunate to have like met him and worked with him as I did. Yeah, yeah. It, it's been cool watching him start up the YouTube side of things. And I was just watching his video earlier this morning. Uh, I have this thing at breakfast. I watch like two or three videos, and um, it's, it's it was cool watching him like doing the you know teaching how to flip and his process going through all these different Florida lakes and different, you know, thick vegetation lakes that you guys have down there that we don't really have up here. Uh, it's kind of like a different side of things. It was pretty cool. And just because, like you said, you mentioned, he's just funny. Like, it's, you can listen oh, to him. Yeah. You yeah. should see him off camera, bro. Like, uh, wow, dude, there's some stuff that we can't put on video. Like, yeah. he is a blatant tr And the best part about it, which is so funny, because it's, like, dude is, like, seven feet tall. Like, he is gigantic, dude. And I'm, like, 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, but, like, he just, like, towers over you, dude. And, like, but but then he's just like, hey, bro, what you doing back there? It's like, I ain't doing nothing. He's like, I'm about to catch a fish, bro. It's like, all right, bro, get after it. And then, like, five minutes later, he's like, you can catch a fish, boy. And he's like, well, I'm working. You know, like, it, it, he's just one of those gentle giants. You can bust yeah. his balls, like, and go back and forth. He's good people. And the best part is, dude, I've seen JT like over the years and you know, it's not, it's, it, it was good for a time, you know, pro fishing. There's definitely been some low times and now there's some good times now and that I've seen him through all that. And he is the same exact person through all of that. He works his ass off and, and he's just, he's good people. We like good freaking people, dude. We'll stand behind you. We'll freaking get you back. Like nothing, dude. Yeah. It it definitely gives off that vibe when you, especially when you watch you two like on the boat together fishing. It's, it definitely seems like that. I mean, when you know someone's good people and they hang out with somebody else uh, on a good like amount of basis, you can kind of tell if they're within that company. Then you know it definitely reflects for sure. I'll tell you what, he's made me piss my pants like at least three or four times, dude, with some of the stuff that he said. Like he, he's a trick. You know, let, let's since I'm gonna do some like this, dude. Let, let's throw him a little plug. Um, if you guys are watching, go check out JT Kenny. I think it's JT Kenny Fishing or JT Kenny Outdoors. Check out his YouTube channel, dude. Like he's good people. He throws raw stuff out there, and and dude, and the best part is too. Like you send him a Facebook message, uh, like an Instagram message. Like you send him a message about something, he might not get back to you like in two hours, 
but he's going to respond to you, let you know, give you an opinion, whether it's a fishing question, a question about Palm Bay, fishing down in um, South Central Florida. Like he's a dude, he's good people. Some of those guys, I ain't going to name any names, but some of those guys are not very receptive. They're not nice. Like it is what it is. There's all different people in the world. He's mm -hmm. nice. He's good people. He'll yeah, help man. you catch more fish, dude. Yeah. And it's funny you say that because one of my buddies, I kayak fish actually, he's like, uh, he had like this crazy little moment. He texted me. He goes, "Dude, I like I commented on one of JT Kenny's posts. Like he answered back. I talked to JT Kenny, dude. And I'm like, I'm like, nice man, nice. Man. <laughs> so it was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was a cool little moment there. Um, yeah, but before we get into more fun questions, uh, just wanted to ask you, like, because a lot of a lot of your viewers know you to you know that Florida fishing kind of style of things, and um, with you mentioning you you moved, uh, you made some you know switches in location, um, adjustment wise. Um, positive. If you give one positive, one negative to switching your area, what would you have to say? Uh, to being in Alabama right now, you mean? Yeah, in regard, like in comparison to being back in Florida, like what's the biggest switch? Definite positive to it is diversity, and. So diversity can translate into a million things. I'm not going to go crazy, but diversity meaning um, bait diversity, technique diversity, species diversity, smallmouth, largemouth, spotted bass, as well as – so when I say geographical diversity, I don't mean like, hey, I'm in Alabama, I'm not in Florida. <laughs> I mean like if you – I honestly – and this is one of the reasons I picked to live here. Uh, other than the current, which is a little bit dynamic, like – if you learn how to fish here, you can fish almost anywhere in the United States. It's so diverse in the things that you do, like the, the fish that you catch, how you do them, that there's so many different like symmetrical applications that like, I, and I'm not saying like I would win every tournament in New York, you know, like if I came by you or something, but dude, I, I could catch some fish. You know, and, and really, I love that because that learning process is so expansive and dynamic, but yet I can take that. And that's one of my goals right now. Like, I don't even care if it works on YouTube. Like, I just spent two weeks in Wisconsin and I caught some smallies, caught some largemouth, had a blast. Fish lakes that I fished when I was a kid, had no idea how to fish them when I was a kid. And now, based upon my experience from Florida and here, I went up there and it smashed the face. But I caught the hell out of them, like on a couple of days, dude. Like, so that that's the big positive of here. The negative is, so you always have a shot at a seven, eight pound fish. And there's 30 pound bags that come out of here, especially in spring. Chickamauga, there's like a 10 pounder a day from January through February. But in Florida, there might not be like the 12, 13, 14s that are stacked up in like Chickamauga or even on Gunnersville that you see like a couple times a year. But dude, there's so many seven to nine pound fish um, between the smaller fisheries, Lake Okeechobee, that you really, even if you go out and you grind one day, you always have a shot at like a monster giant. And that doesn't always happen here. Yeah, that's interesting. It's, it seems like a whole new world down there than it is up north where you find some older fish, more sat like salad, but you won't find those, you know, crazy giants unless you're in the pre-spawn when you can get in some sevens or eights and every now and then. Guys are still catching them. You know, this is my first year, dude. And, I'll, and let me frame this up to you, too. So I, I, I'm not a big – I'm set goals, but I'm not crazy goal-oriented. So mm -hmm. my basic framework when I got here is, Mike, don't get super frustrated. Go out for the first year. 
learn what you can network with some people like i'm not afraid to ask some questions i don't want like a bunch of spots and stuff but i'm willing to like ask for some help when i need it so that's one of the things that like was was my biggest goal like i'm an hour from pickwick i'm an hour from gunnersville i'm an hour from wilson like all the an hour from smith like these epic fisheries and and i want to be able for this first year to go and catch fish at any of them when i go i don't have to win a tournament i don't have to catch a mega bag i want to catch fish it sounds kind of for lack of a better word but like oh, i don't know that, that's what i want to do you're number two i want to catch one to two big fish every time i go out and big fish is five to seven pounds in my in my like estimation you know and that's kind of like the way i want to frame things i did i'm me you have to know yourself a little and as you get older you'll kind of figure this out i'm not a winner <laughs> like I, i'll be the first to say i'm slow to the process but i understand my process and I gradually get to where I want to be. It takes me a little more work than most people to get there. But I know that if I kind of like stagger things and do that within like four to five years, as long as I live that long and don't like have some stupid issue at the lake where I can drown. I was, I'm always afraid of that. I'm going to go to the lake and just drown randomly for some stupid reason. But whatever, <laughs> that's a weirdo paranoia. But you know what I'm saying? Like in four to five years, I'm going to look back and say, hey, you know what? Like I had a lot of fun that first year. I learned a lot that second year. I really kind of like started to tweak some of the things that I learned that third year. I was kind of good. You know, I got there that fourth year, dude, I started to play ball. Like I, I could kind of catch them. And then when you get to that fifth and sixth year, it's like, dude, you know what? I know what the hell is happening, dude. Like I understand what's going on. And that doesn't mean every time everybody's going to have their day where they don't catch them. They struggle, whatever, dude. But you know what I mean? Like you start to get that confidence level where it's like, dude, I know where I'm at. I know what's happening or what should be happening. And I'm going to, I'm going to execute on it. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my first point. Nice. Yeah. It's definitely a good feeling to have for sure. Probably. But you got to get there, dude. I ain't no freaking Brian Threat uh -huh. or nothing like that. You show <laughs> up at a lake and you freaking scratch, you know. And it took him years though too. Like, I mean, anybody, you got to figure out you and then you got to, figure out the fish and then you got to integrate that process and, and work forward, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, uh, so everyone who watches your channel obviously knows you use a multitude of different techniques. And, uh, obviously as we've been talking, you've fished a bunch of different lakes. If you could pick one favorite lake and a favorite technique, if you could only pick one of each, what would you choose? Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a very tough decision. <laughs> Did you freaking give me the finger and run out, dude? All right, let me rephrase you know, that. You know, I'm, I'm going to totally be a politician, dude, and I'm going to screw up your question beyond belief because I think I actually have the credibility to do so. But you can call me out, dude, if you want to. So I moved from Florida, which is one of the most, like, you know, well-known epic, like, states for catching big bass and stuff like that. I moved to Alabama, which is also epic for catching big bass, but different. I love learning new things in diversity. And it's funny because I was on the phone with my, one of my really good friends, Donnie Bass from down in South Florida. He's like, bro, have you caught as many big fish as you did down in Florida? And, and it kind of made me pause for a second because I'm like, no, I, I, I really haven't. But then at the same time, I'm like, I'm like more fired up or equally as fired up as I ever was about fishing in Florida. So like for me, I want to catch – anybody wants to catch giants. I love learning new processes and dimensions and patterns and having them fail and start again. 
So there, there's definitely some lakes. Dude, there's some lakes in Central Florida. Dude, obviously where I caught 49 pounds. It's, yeah. I know that lake, and this is where I won't be humble. I know that lake better than anyone in Florida because I've spent so many hours not catching a fish out there, scanning, learning how they freaking behave, learning how they move. Like there's stuff on that lake that people will never know about that I know about. That That's as much as I will be egotistical in this, in this podcast deal. I love that lake to death. At the same time, I had an absolute blast like going to Wisconsin and fishing a lake that I'd never been on. Like yeah. it was, it was insanely challenging. I learned weird little things that I would have never learned. So I could never pick a lake because if I did that, like I'd get stagnant and bored. There's some places I love to fish, and I'll always fish for the rest of my life. But um, dude, I I, I want to pick them all, and that's so stupid. That's so funny, <laughs> dude. Uh, oh, they're all good. Woo! I'll pull the uh, the stereotypical middle school teacher on you and say there's no wrong answers. So. Oh, dude. That's horrible, dude. Don't endorse this kind of behavior, man. Like, that's terrible. Yeah, dude, podcast is over. Cut, bro. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that was another PC. Another not be as PC for the rest of this, dude. <laughs> you're, you're fine, dude. So I'll throw another challenging question at you, but this is like this is this is one I I thoroughly enjoy and I can't wait to ask it. And every podcast is if you went to dinner, you're sitting at a round table, and you can choose any three people in the world to to sit and have dinner with you. Choose any three. Who would you pick? That's actually you know what, dude. You're gonna have to bleep this out, but that's really. Like that's kind of serious, dude. Like, that's that's kind of serious. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna friggin' PC out on one. I'm gonna say I want to bring my dog to dinner. So Goose, his real name is Goose or Bog. He like does not get any table scraps or anything because my my other dog I had left him with my parents for a month to go to South um, South America and they gave him like table scraps and he started begging after that. But I've always dreamed of going into like some like high-end restaurant and putting a bib on that joker and like setting him at the table and acting like nothing was going on. So that would be one person, if you will. <sighs> Man. <laughs> you know, it's bad because I probably want to eat dinner with like a porn star too. And then that is bad. Like, am I supposed to have like a principal go? <sighs> I I don't. Be anybody at all. Like I, I wish I did three fishermen, but I'm sitting there like, I would love to sit down with like The Rock. You seem like a pretty cool dude. Like, anybody. All right. All right. You want to know how much of a dork I am, then? Okay. So this, there's a guy named Richard Feynman. Do you know who that is? No. Okay. Richard Feynman was one of the developers of the the atomic bomb, but he was also like a huge uh, developer when it came to quantum physics, and also like uh, sort of compartmentalizing and translating quantum physics for entry-level college students and that. Um, if you Google them, you'll find a bunch of information. This was from, what is it, the, the mid to late 30s through the 60s and 70s. But he was one of the first that were, that were in that crowd where you have this extreme sort of postmodern science. Now we're really getting deep, you know. Postmodern, like, scientific theories, quantum physics, very unaccessible, very dynamic all these things but he was one of those first scientists that actually saw the value in in translating that 
saying like, I have all this knowledge, I have all this information, but not only is there a value for me developing my field and understanding it further in its intricacies, in its, in its specializations, but there's also a value in me translating and developing other people's perspective, even if they don't totally understand what I understand and mm -hmm. teaching them and, and, and showing them as much as I possibly can, making it more accessible. Richard Feynman's always been someone who's really interesting to me. Um, I read a lot of his papers because it, if we want to get really deep, Feynman, um, quantum physics in general has a lot of, when you break down some of the aspects, there's a lot of really interesting applications from philosophy to ethics to sociology. It's one of those sciences that's physics, but the, the, the concepts that it produces are applicable across all disciplines. So Richard Feynman is someone who I would love to have dinner with. I probably wouldn't understand half the things that he said, <laughs> but I would highly, highly enjoy that. And I'll be honest with you, man, and this is gonna sound really dumb and I'm not one of those guys that does that. I adore my girl. I adore the relationship that we have. And I would like to have her around for that and just to hang out because I know she would enjoy it. And in the end, like dinner for me, I work a lot and you know, I don't tell a lot of people this, but like, you know, I don't do YouTube as my main, like I'm not a YouTuber, dude. I do YouTube Saturday and Sunday. If I can take like I work for myself. So if I can take a day off on Friday, I might shoot on Friday and Saturday or Friday. Like I, I don't shoot videos five days a week. I'm not like a professional YouTube creator. Like I work a real job. I manage to like work for myself. So dinner for me is the, the point at which, whether it comes at five, six, 9 p.m., 10 p.m., that I can just freaking chill out, dude, watch some YouTube, watch some stupid stuff on Netflix and relax. And I literally wouldn't trade that to go and hang out with whoever. I, I could really care less what they had to say. But that's me being a so. <laughs> I, it's I like it. I like the, you know, of each answer every episode because like that's a question you're never gonna have the same answer for what did somebody else say uh, oh you know what hold on screw you what would you say oh <laughs> turn the tables okay <laughs> uh i so i put the first episode for this i i put like who i thought would be my first three um but that was just like spur of the moment you know all about fishing kind of thing but kind of really dwelling into it if I wanted to, even if I just sit down with a couple of people, like that three people, and just doesn't have to be fishing oriented at all. If there's three people, oh boy. Yeah, what's up now, dude? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if I just had one, dude. One. Jeez. Doesn't have to be perfect, you know? Yeah. No, I'm trying to think of one. Think of like an all. Oh, dude. Um. Crap. What is his name? Remember, I can't remember his name, but I remember I was a huge fan of Fast and Furious movies. Okay. The guy passed away. I'm trying to remember his name. I know exactly who you're talking about. I don't know his name, and I if I start typing on this, I'm gonna crash your whole podcast. Yeah. Experience. <laughs> probably. Um, no, I probably go with him, man. Why? Why? Because so. Around the time when he had his accident and it was a tragic thing, um, I found articles from you know the the cast that he worked with, and they would say how like how he lived his life uh, without a care in the sense that he did 
uh, a lot of things for himself, but for other people, without worry in the world. He always kind of did something for the better, and he was always a yes man, where he was always willing to do just a bunch of stuff, just because if he hasn't done it, he wanted to do it. So it'd be cool really? to kind of just listen to stories from him. That's that's what I'll probably go with. No, that's good because those and those are the kind of people that like sneak under the radar. Like I said, Richard Feynman, and he's kind of a he's unique because he's kind of like that in a way where it's like he's not like the total top of his field, but he's like this this translator. But like people like that though, that are like on their own path and they're so committed to sort of like being like, like you said, like a yes man or free or like developing themselves and, and following anything that like grabs out of them. Like talking to them is so inspiring, dude. And it can, it can really like light a fire on her, you know, that's kind of yeah. cool, dude. It was pretty, yeah, I, I read, was reading those articles. I'm like, Oh, it'd be kind of cool to just, you know, sit down and, you know, listen to what he's done and gone through and, Different story. I love stories. Too man. I mean, he was pretty good looking, dude. And like, you know, enter. You kind of like, come on over. You know? Yeah. <laughs> he just seemed like a very open dude. Like, I feel like everybody would want to hang out with him. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, so, before we cap off, you have any other questions you want to grill me with? Seeing as like grilled you for yeah, a while. Yeah, I want. I want to show you something that I just got, dude. And. um I'll probably like never catch any fish on it because I don't know how to do this stuff right. But I know you're like bait obsessed, like I am. Check this joker <laughs> out, dude. This, this my friend, Hell. is a custom. And when I say custom, I mean capital C, dude. Like this is a custom glide bait. This dude offered to make it for me. And um, how about them apple? You see that tail? The the little soft rubber tail. I like the uh, right where your your right uh, pointer finger is. That little uh your right hand oh the, the, this guy yeah that's how accurate that thing is that's nuts you want to see something crazy too you see the line through oh what? it's a line through bait dude because one of the biggest problems with these jokers is freaking them not eating it and them coming off dude so, yeah, i just got it so i don't know there's gonna be i also have one and if you guys want to watch like i'll do a you know a selfless plug Mikey Balls Fishing YouTube, you know. I have another swimbait coming called the Shizzard, which it, which is hilarious because, you know, Gizzard, Chad, Shizzard, you know what the, yeah. you know, the deal is with that. Yeah, so um, the, it's another, like, super custom, like, personal request. You have to get them to make it for you and stuff. But one of the things that I've, I've found with this whole Gunnersville TBA deal is it is the most West Coast, East Coast area I've ever seen. Like, there's this whole underground, like, swim bait thing developing, which is so freaking cool. Because down in Florida, the stuff would work, but the opportunities to throw it aren't, like, super abounding, you know? You get up on these places, Wilson, freaking Gunnersville. Dude, there's a lot of those mid-depth range, like, six to eight foot, and they'll get up there, like, during the pre-spawn and that. There's a lot of opportunities to throw this stuff. And they work because there's gizzard chat. I was telling you before we started the video, dude. I've seen gizzard chat like that, like that, like giant. And um, I'm kind of super fired up to um, play around with the swim baits. I know it takes a lot of commitment, and I'm gonna have to kind of reset myself because I do go out and I try to shoot some video, and it's hard not to get a video during the day, you know. But it's something you need to accept, and especially when you're throwing a popper back out stuff like this. I mean, you need to accept sometimes you're only gonna get like, you know a bite or two a day but it could be like yeah. the bite or two a day yeah so, um 
I'm kind of fired up about that, but make sure to tune into the channel because I got a couple custom glide baits coming and I'm going to do some reviews on them, show them off and stuff like that. So that, that's just one thing I wanted to throw in there. A little selfless plug, you know, dude. Ah, you're good. Is there anything like, you know, you know, your personal merch, any sort of other brands or anything you want to throw out there for you? Uh, you're, you're really going to pour me out here, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dude. Hey, you guys want to take it out. I, I got a good buddy in Chattanooga. He actually um, runs some CBD shops and stuff like that, which I'm hugely behind. Um, I, I actually have some like back pain issues from from working outside, dude, like running my own landscape business when I was back in college. But um, we got a bunch of Mikey Balls hats, uh, fluoro stuff. If you want to check them out, it's Bass Attitude Fishing. There's a bunch of really cool shirts, kind of like this one right here, if you can see it. But it's just cool stuff. If you want to support the channel, if you want to, um, you know, get behind real fishing, it's a great way to do it. Go hit them up. If you're into the CBD stuff, there's ways to check that out too. But um, it's just a good way to support. If you're not into that, I got no problem with that, dude. It is what it is. In the end, like I like making videos. I'm gonna keep making them whether you buy hats or not. But if you do want balls on your head, throw down. Dude. <laughs> I love that slogan. <laughs> Something you yeah, want right? for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Anything left for me? Anything else for me? I, I am kind of curious about like what what your story is a little. I don't want to get too deep into it, dude. But what's your deal? I mean, not that that sounded rude. Not like what's your deal, but like how like what? How'd you get to where you're doing what you're doing? So, uh, you talking about like media stuff or like anything in general, like where I'm at in life? Well, I don't know how much you want to talk about, it, but you're at Notre Dame, which is actually back when I was like in elementary school. That's the only college I ever wanted to go to. And that never <laughs> happened. But, you know, you're working at Notre Dame. You're doing some of this. Like, you know what? Let me throw this down. Let's be real efficient about it. I, I noticed I went on your Instagram and you got like seven posts on there. You only got like 200 followers right now. And yet you had the balls to like jump on there and be like, hey, Mikey, let, let's shoot something. Let's do something like, dude, like that takes initiative and that takes like somebody wanting to do something no matter what the outcome is. So like what puts you in that position? What drove you to kind of get you where you are? Yeah, um, basically, kind of uh, I grew up with the um, I grew up playing a lot of sports and kind of, you know, each year I was always with a um, I was play, I played travel hockey and lacrosse. So I was always with a new oh, set of kids each year. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, so I was always meeting new people and like going to tryouts and then you got to step out of your comfort zone. Um, that's one thing that my parents kind of drilled into me was, you know, you're not going to get anywhere sitting back and being comfortable. You, you kind of like, you got to get out and you, you got to, you know, you got to throw a pass. You got to, you know. You got to punch somebody if you're playing hockey, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. You got you to do something. And one thing just for me, like uh, the two things I love in life are sports and outdoors. That's, that's really the only two things I ever cared about. Um, so for me, uh, I went after uh, my degree in sport management, which I'm finished my master's right now, uh, which I'm here at Notre Dame for. I'm working for them here to finish my master's back in New York. Uh, Congratulations. Dude, it takes a lot. I actually also have my master's. It takes a lot of balls to actually go the extra step to do that. So congratulations, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. And it took a lot of work, but I mean, I'm here now and it's a lot of fun working for, you know, Notre Dame with the, the, the big stage and everything. It's cool to see the behind the scenes stuff and be a part of that. Um, and just through it, the outdoor stuff, I enjoy media because, you know, my, as you mentioned earlier, my generation loves media. Um, and personally, I've always been fascinated about it. I love sharing stuff. Um, 
a lot there's a lot of times where I'll be like, go to post something. I'm sitting there, I'm like, this isn't even relevant whatsoever. Why would I post it? Like I'm posting <laughs> post. And I'm like, okay, get rid of that. Um, but no, I just uh one thing I, I saw throughout my that the Ike Red Outdoor page that I have, um, I started that five years ago, I think. Um, just because I like to I like sharing different, you know, adventures, whether it's hunting, fishing, you know, hiking, whatever it may be. Um, but through all those years I've noticed there's a lot of different channels um and like people's media pages where they're doing amazing work they're doing amazing work like uh good for other people besides themselves um they're not being selfish they're not doing everything you know just for the bettering of themselves they just want to make money that's all they're for is to make money right um, and there was people that were behind the scenes that were that were just doing a lot, whole lot of good and it was like i'm sitting like how do you how is your following not bigger like i don't i don't understand right. uh, and as you know, you kind of have like your little humble brag moment earlier. My humble brag moment is like, uh, I like to put myself, you know, second. I like to put other people's first. Right. So like, that's kind of where I, I got this kind of idea with my buddy Ryan, um, who right now is busy building his house for his family back in New York. Uh, <laughs> one of the best dudes you'll, you'll meet. He's awesome. And I'm sure you'll, you'll end up uh, seeing him on here as well. Um, but we, we made this page and we we're kind of like thinking like this would be awesome to get people on here just to, you know, not even like, you know, interview them, more of just get them on here to talk, talk about what they do and talk about fishing and like highlight the different points they do that are beneficial to themselves and the community around them. And I'm sitting there like this could be beneficial to everybody in, you know, the whole realm of the fishing community. And it just it's something that kind of like clicked in my brain. I'm like, this isn't. Like, it's been a lot to put together, but at the same time, it hasn't been work because I've enjoyed all of it. Exactly. Um, it's just, like, the same thing, exactly. And same thing with Notre Dame. Like, I've been, I've been waking up at 5.30 to go work out, but then I have um, work at at 7, 7.30. And it's been like, I don't feel like I'm going to work. I feel like, like it's awesome. I get to go in and talk to NBC sports people almost every day. So it's pretty yeah. sweet. Yeah. This so. just means you're on the right path, though, dude. Like, honestly, it took me a while to get to that point and, and it takes risks dude <laughs> it's like, like yeah. sometimes like dude i can't tell you like back in the day when i took the leap to like work for myself like i was eating freaking like rice and beans it's like yeah i i don't know if we're gonna be doing that all the time like it sucks <laughs> you know and like if yeah. i do this like i don't know if it's gonna work and but you know like sometimes you just you, you gotta leap dude and and when you leap you're gonna land on your feet or at least you're going to get up and be back on your feet. Yeah. Cause it's just, it's a process, dude, but that's, that's awesome, man. Yeah. And you know, a little shout out cause uh, none of this whatsoever will be done without my parents, uh, biggest supporters and uh, my lady back in New York. Uh, none of this would ever be possible. Um, I'd probably to be some bum right now. So <laughs> dude, don't hold it against yourself. We all would be, dude. We're all a bunch <laughs> of screw-ups until we actually figure out something we know how to do or we're halfway decent at, dude. And that's the process, dude. And that's why having a good family matters, dude. Yeah. And it's just it's gonna be awesome going forward, just you know, talk to different people and uh just you know, keep sharing fishing adventures, you know, whatever it may be. It's just gonna be awesome to keep up with that. And I'm excited to keep up with what you're doing. I love that you're down in uh Bama now. But I, hey, in FYI, I have an open bedroom, dude. So we bought a house, which was one of the scariest things I've ever done, dude. But I have an open bedroom. If you ever want to come down here, Fish Lake Gunnersville, I will take you out, dude. You can come out, fish, do whatever, hang out. We'll try to catch some small, awesome spots. It's an open invitation. 
you're not held to it, but if you ever want to come down, it's it's open to you. All right. It's, I greatly appreciate that. I mean, it's, it's bucket list for sure, especially uh, Gville and you know all the different Florida lakes, big bucket list lakes. And you know, I'll throw that back at you, dude. If you want to come up, uh, hit Lake Erie or you know St. Lawrence River, some of like Cayugas and Nidas. Up there, but dude, I, one thing I didn't mention in the video. So I I lived in France for a couple of years, and I've flown all over the United States. Guess what, Mikey is afraid to do right now. And I don't know when it happened or why it happened. I'm scared fly, dude. I don't know why. I don't know what happened. I hate flying. I want nothing to do with it. So I went and bought myself a big truck, dude, and I will drive wherever. So it's been kind of fun because it's going to lead to some road trips. So I might get up your way at some point, dude. Yeah. If you can ever make your way up to uh, Cayuga, we can get on some. Some big old New York slobs for sure. I heard it's stupid, dude. Like that's and that whole smally addiction. Like, dude, I'll be the first to say on YouTube, you, you'll never get any views posting like smallmouth video on YouTube, dude. It's the dumbest thing ever, but it is what it is. Uh -huh. But dude, when it comes to like catching them at an angler and just getting out there and having, oh my god, dude, they're so addictive, man. Uh -huh. And it's it's one thing about New York. It's so underrated is that we have a lot of Finger Lakes and small different lakes that. Yep. Um, even boats aren't allowed to go on it's like a kayak and small oh, horsepower yeah. motor that in the but the it's like everywhere has them like yeah. you can catch giants on all these lakes up in new york it's it's amazing i mean if you ever getting up there come it's you're, you're always welcome. Dude, my hippie little brother would love that stuff that's all he did in northern wisconsin man he would he would hipster himself out and go and like take some canoe down some creek he'd be like Bro, I caught a six-pound smoey, and it's like I want to put my like bass boat in there. He's like, "No, you can't, bro. It's protected." It's like, okay, <laughs> but no, I mean those those fisheries are epic, dude. That would be so yeah. cool. Yeah, Finger Lakes are an amazing place, and Lake Erie, if you hit it right, oh, it's stupid. Just uh, destroy them. So, well, you got me ready to go outside and hook my boat up and like <laughs> go out, dude. I'm all fired up, man. I appreciate you having me on here, dude. Like, this is cool. And you know what? Here's the other thing, too. Like I said before, I hope you didn't take it wrong. But, like, what I was saying is when, when you reached out to me and, like, like did that, if it was me, like, five, ten years ago, I would have never done anything like that or had the balls to reach out to somebody and ask them to do something like this. So I give you so much credit in trying to make this thing happen and develop it, especially in an environment where things are so saturated in that. There's so many podcasts out there. There's so much YouTube. Like, dude, you're doing this. It's very cool. I give you props, and I really appreciate you having me on here. I appreciate you, you know, taking the chance and letting me have you on. It's it's been awesome to speak to you tonight, and uh, I know it's it's taking us a little bit to you know kind of pick the dates because you got crazy schedules, I got crazy schedules, and to for you to take time out of your your schedule in the week and to talk with me for a little bit, it's been I, I truly appreciate it. It means a lot. Oh, dude, I, I, I can always talk fishing. I just I try to find little <laughs> segments I can squish it into, dude. Yeah. But I hope we can do it again sometime. And uh, definitely cool. I hope, like, some of your viewers, like, check out the channel. You know, it, it's grassroots. I don't want to do too much selfless, like, adoration. But check out the channel if you like it, support it. Mikey Balls Fishing. It, it's all about just normal people who want to learn to fish and do some fishing and share their experiences and what they know with me dude it's it's a yep. two-way street you know yeah if you're looking to get better at fishing go check them out for sure i don't know about that dude <laughs> I, I can tell you firsthand it helped me so i'm glad dude that, yeah. that makes me feel good yep well hey I, I appreciate having you on and uh we'll talk to you soon man i appreciate it bro checking out dude all right see you later 
Hey guys, I just want to say thank you for listening to my podcast in its entirety. With that being said, if you'd like to support the Serious Angler Podcast, please head to my page and click support. Any amount really helps me be able to create content for you guys and also helps me you know, pay the bills, which gives me more time to make podcasts for you guys. Thank you guys again for listening to the Serious Angler Podcast, and we'll see you guys next time.